0: Everybody and welcome to the For the Win podcast. I am your host Charles Curtis, and in today's episode, it's Tuesday. It's it's we're taping this on Election Day, uh, and while that's all going on, we have the NBA going on uh, and in kind of full swing in November. And so I had to get on uh, a For the Win editor and basketball fan like myself, and writes a lot about basketball. Nick Schwartz, Nick, what's going on?
1: Charles, happy to be here. Yeah, NBA in full swing, college basketball starting today. Uh, NFL is going on in college football. This is the best time of the year to be a sports fan.
0: It's true. Uh, That is true. And the NFL is still intact. And on today's episode, we're going to do a little buy or sell. We're going to do buy or sell on Jimmy Butler, uh, a little bit about the Houston Rockets. And uh, if there's any team in the West that we should be worried about other than the Golden State Warriors. So let's just jump right in. Jimmy Butler keeps making headlines. Buy or sell on on him in general. Do you want him on your team if you're an NBA fan, not in Minnesota? Does he stay with Minnesota? Is what he's doing effective? What's your, what's your take?
1: Yeah, so Jimmy Butler uh, has missed three games already this year due to what the team has been referring to as general soreness. <laughs> uh, now, Jimmy Butler, of course, coming off an injury last year, uh, still doesn't seem like a guy who's really suffering from general soreness like eight games into the NBA season. Uh, So it seems like he's clearly trying to force his way out by, by, you know, just sitting out back to backs and that sort of thing. There's some question as to whether they played the Clippers last night. There's some question as to whether he's going to play the Lakers tomorrow night or if he'll miss another game. Um, I mean, this is the reason that we advise people not to draft Jimmy Butler in terms of fantasy. But mm-hmm. at this point, um, if, if you know, what are you getting if you trade for Jimmy Butler if you're if you're a, if you're another team out there?
0: Well, see, this is the thing. Like, I'm I'm buying on him. Like, I, I know what you're saying, right? You're you're gonna get the head case, the uh, the the guy who's basically holding a franchise. Uh, by by the, uh, their hair. You know what I mean? Like, he's basically saying, well, you know, I'll do what I want. I I remember last week I wrote a little detailed plan I'm trying to figure out, like, what's Jimmy Butler's angle here, right? Because he's, he's jumped in on practice, he's yelled at teammates, and then he's, like, played really well, and now he's sitting out. So I think what he did was he set it up so that he looks good, shows that he's healthy, shows that he's motivated, and now he's like, alright, we're gonna sit back and now you guys can trade me, because you haven't traded me yet. And I would, if I'm a team like the Sixers maybe, or uh, the, I don't think he's going to the Lakers quite yet. I think that's that's later on. But I think there are teams out there who want a top defender, uh, a guy who's versatile on offense, and knowing that maybe, first of all, his price will go down because he's such a head case and everyone knows that he wants out of, out of Minnesota. And Minnesota's asking price might be too high, but eventually they'll have to acquiesce. So I'm buying, I want Jimmy Butler on the Knicks um, as a Knicks fan, you know, uh, that's my feeling.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, am just trying to look at it from a fan, from a, from a a casual fan or a hardcore fan point of view. Uh, do, do you really want your team to mortgage their future? But as the Rockets tried to do to land Jimmy Butler, uh, who has proven to be, you know, maybe a bit temperamental, Maybe he's not going to be the type of guy who, who, once he signs for that team, is going to finish his career there. Uh, I, to me, it just all seems like a bit of a risk. It is. Uh, it's to yeah. pay too much of a price for Jimmy.
0: Well, I'm not paying, what is it, three, four f- future first-rounders. Uh, that's just that's absurd uh, and, and not quite right for that price. Again, he wants out of Minnesota. We know that that is the case. So I think other teams are probably just kind of waiting a little bit. And especially like a team like the Rockets, where you kind of hope that they turn it around. uh, They're not going to mortgage all their future with the first round picks. And right. You can't trade back to back first round picks. So there's a risk where the Houston Rockets end up uh, crashing and burning and the team falls apart and they end up like the Nets trading their future first rounders like that. Uh, So I I'm personally this is like the best storyline in the NBA right now. And it's really been I'm not a Minnesota Timberwolves fan. It can't be fun for fans there, but I love watching this.
1: Yeah, it definitely, it makes you think of the Kawhi Leonard situation last year in San Antonio. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, you know, Kawhi is doing very well for the Raptors. That that worked out so far for Raptors fans. We'll see if he stays there. But, um, you know, maybe Jimmy Butler will be like Kawhi. He'll go somewhere else and he'll just be a, a great player that we know that he can be. And-
0: well, yeah, that's a perfect time to get into it. Buy or sell on the Raptors being the team to beat in the East.
1: Well, the the East is interesting because uh before the season everybody was saying okay, we've got the Raptors, the Celtics uh and the Sun was really take it seriously, but the Milwaukee Bucks look kind of unstoppable now. They do, right?
0: I mean, a Greek Freak and a and a, a boatload of, of depth there. Uh I'm not I'm not necessarily buying it yet. Uh, it's early. They're 10 and 1. I love the youth on that team combined with Kawhi. It's just like a really good fit. And Kyle Lowry's playing is out of his mind. It's a really fun team to watch. And I haven't said that about the Raptors in recent years because there's been that sort of like knowing that the end game is they'll face LeBron and lose. So I'm sort of like, hey, let's, you know, this is a fun team finally with with Kawhi out there. Um, I think the Boston Celtics will turn it around. and, And we will talk a little bit about the Sixers in a few. But to me, the Boston Celtics' problem is Gordon Hayward. And I was uh, up late last night thinking about, like, what should the Boston Celtics do to turn it around and and chase the the Raptors that we're talking about? I want them to to make a deal where they trade Gordon Hayward for for Marco Fultz and everybody solves their problems. It's a dumb idea. There's no way to do it. Uh, The Celtics will not trade for Marco Fultz. They already have enough youth in their system, uh, and they're fine. But I was like, what's the solution? Because, like, it seems like the Sixers are, uh, you know, they're 6-5 and right now. They will probably end up being a top-four team in the East but they've got a Marco Fultz problem.
1: Well, yeah, I, I think the, the teams at the top of the East are kind of so even, so evenly matched. I, I wouldn't feel comfortable buying any one of them. However, I think that the Eastern Conference playoffs are going to be more fun than they have been in, in like a decade, probably. Oh, yeah. Um, so good. You know, the past, the past couple of years, we've just been waiting for LeBron versus the Warriors. Um, I think the Eastern Conference finals themselves will be more fun than the entire rest of the playoffs. One hundred percent. Yeah. Uh
0: huh. Well, that that brings us to the West. Buy or sell any team in the West that we should worry about, care about other than the Golden State Warriors.
1: Well, the Denver Nuggets are nine and one. Jamal Murray just scored forty eight points last night. Nikola Jokic is is, you know nearly putting up triple doubles every night. They they look great. Uh, Can they beat the Warriors though? I don't know.
0: No, no, they can't. There's no way, but they are the, the basketball nerd team, right? Like I've been I've been a Jokic fan for God knows how long. Ever since he, he started up, I think two years ago, kind of breaking out. I was like, who, who is this guy? And he's so good. He's he's a silky passer, he's you know, great in the inside. And their their roster is sold at all, he's like basketball nerds love these players, right? Does that feel that way, you know? Like Murray and, and Gary Harris and 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 then Isaiah Thomas will you know, he's not necessarily a basketball nerd uh, favorite. But, you know, again, depth guard. I love this team. I don't think they're they're competing with the, the Warriors.
1: Yeah, they're very much like a league pass team. They're the team that, that you have to watch every night on league pass. Um, another team in the West that's interesting so far, not as a potential contender, but just uh, playing above expectations, are the Sacramento Kings. Uh, six and four in the West. They're currently in the top eight. Uh, they have teams behind them, the, the Rockets, the Jazz, the Lakers, the Pelicans, the Timberwolves. Uh, everyone expects that those teams will eventually rise. But, you know, if the Kings hang around at 500, could could we maybe be seeing, you know, the Kings stealing the 8th seed in, in the West? That would be crazy, wouldn't it? Like, this is the team that everyone laughs at, that
0: that everyone thinks is ridiculous. And yet, they have... Darren Fox in year, what is it, year two for him, right? And, and Buddy Healed after they made that that trade with Boogie. Uh, and, and Willie Cauley-Stein, who I love as a, a, you know, solid two-way center. Yeah, it's weird. And then, of course, they have Bagley and they have Harry Giles. Like, they have all this youth that is playing above their heads right now. I don't think they're, they're making the playoffs. It would be interesting. Uh, nobody's beaten the Warriors, like we said. Um, but let's get to the, war, uh, to the Rockets for a second. Um, this is a team that is in... Uh, just turmoil right now I think it's early but are you buying or selling the Houston Rockets continuing to be a miserable failure
1: no I don't think they will be a failure I, I think that obviously there are a lot of extenuating circumstances at the beginning of the year they had the Lakers game uh with the fight they had James Harden being knocked out for a couple games um you know everyone is overreacting to everything that's happening in, in the start of this season uh we, we see that with the Lakers. So I, I don't think the Rockets will be terrible. I think that um, they may have, I don't know, it's, it's really, they may have already lost enough ground on, on, say, the Nuggets to get back up to the two seed. But, yeah, I, I would expect them to be a top 14. Wow,
0: really? I, I, I'm, I'm, like, selling that they're going to be terrible because I think that they're going to still end up being the two seed in the West. Uh, yes, the, Rock, the, uh, the Nuggets are a good team. They'll end up being a playoff team and then some. Uh, I just, I think that there's so much time trends around. They just, uh, reportedly rehired Jeff Bezelik, right? Who came out of retirement to help with the defense. They'll put it together, but if they don't, is there a chance you think that they're going to break up this team or, you know, fire D'Antoni or something like that? Do you, do you foresee that happening?
1: Ooh, well, I, I hope they don't fire D'Antoni. I think that they're too ingrained in their system now that, that, like, why would they blow up and just start over when they have? They've kind of like reinvented basketball in their own way. They've taken the Warriors to the extreme that model. So I don't think it's a matter of blowing up that team. I think it's more just, uh, you know, finding the right pieces. I mean, what happened was that they had all the right pieces. Chris Paul got hurt, so they didn't get to cash in that season. Lost a couple key players. Uh, and and the formula doesn't work anymore with the roster they have, so I think it's more a matter of, you know, getting Carmelo Anthony out of there, finding the right players to fit their model again, and just giving it another go. I mean, James Harden's going to be great for another, or, you know, five years at least. Right. So th- this isn't their last chance by any means.
0: Yeah, I, it's so funny to me. Like I have written extensively about Melo because I, I just have on on for the win. And I've always defended him. I'm like, this guy's a Hall of Famer. Like, he gets, you know, nothing but grief and this and that. But <laughs> every time he's gone to a team, and we can count the Knicks in there too, the Thunder and now the Rockets, it's just like, is he the problem? Does he Is he the scapegoat? Or is it just because he's such a an weirdly old-school player who won't change his stripes, right? Like, Melo has, he can be an interior scorer. He's, he can be that sort of stretch four. But it's like he can't he can't adapt to these teams that he's on. And I just always wonder, like, is it his fault?
1: Like the thunder are thriving
0: without him. So, uh, you know, we'll see what happens with Westbrook, obviously, but it, it's crazy to me.
1: Well, and and one thing that we maybe don't talk about enough, uh, in NBA circles is that, you know, if, if the Rockets just kind of stand pat, you know, a lot of us don't think that they're going to be, be a true contender. They ever, the Warriors aren't going to be the same team next year. They're going to lose some people on their team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Kevin Durant might not be there anymore. They might not be the, the conference-destroying team that we all know uh, in a year's time. So who knows? If the Rockets stand pat, maybe they become the best team in the West kind of by doing nothing.
0: That's a fair point. That's a really good point. And they're, they're pretty much set for the next few years. Yes. Uh, let's do a little buy or sell with MVP candidates. Buy or sell on Joel Embiid. I just, I'm just i going to read his stats, and then you can tell me your take. points per game. That's almost six more than he had last year. 12.6 rebounds a game, 3.5 assists, two blocks a game, and uh, he's hitting, uh, I'm reading off here, 30% of his threes and uh, 48% from the floor. What's What's your feeling
1: there? Uh, well Joel, Joel Embiid's problem is that he doesn't play in the same division as the Pistons because if he got to play, you know, a greater number of games against Andre Drummond, he would be the runaway MVP, I think. Yeah, he owns the um, real estate
0: in his head, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, I mean Joel Embiid's his numbers are nutty. And and we were talking about this before the season started. If we see a full season of just like fully unleashed and healthy Joel Embiid, he's going to be a top 5 player in terms of production. Uh, or at least he has the potential to, and he's showing that now. I guess the the bigger question is the MVP is such a narrative driven award, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that the Sixers are six and five, despite the fact that Joel Embiid is going off like crazy. If if the Sixers aren't like a top two seed, it's kind of hard to see Joel Embiid winning that award uh, right. when you've got other great players on those other teams, like Kawhi. If if the if the Raptors are the top seed, Kawhi is going to get a ton of a ton of votes, you know, if, if the Bucks are somehow the first seed, Giannis is going to get a ton of votes. So if, if the Sixers aren't the best team in the East, it's kind of hard to, regardless of the stats, it's hard to see Embiid winning. So I, I think I'm going to sell um, Embiid as MVP this year. Oh,
0: same here. I, I, it's all Greek freak to me right now. And that's just we're early on. And Kawhi is definitely in the running there. So is Kyle Lowry, by the way. Like, I, I, I think there, there will be some of that, you know, like, the stats back it up kind of talk. Um, but yes, I would throw Jokic in there. Steph Curry's having an amazing season, by the way, too. I think he's leading the NBA as of as of this taping in scoring at 31.3 a game. And it's just crazy because then you have, of course, Durant is there. Uh, it's all Greek freaks me. Here's our here's last buy and sell then. What about buy or sell on LeBron James,
1: MVP candidate? Well, so it's interesting because similar things are going on to what happened with LeBron last season. So the middle of last season, LeBron looked like the MVP. I mean, he always is the MVP anyway, right? Right. But he was putting up crazy numbers, uh, but the, the Cavs were struggling. They blew up the team at the trade deadline. They had to, you know, learn how to play with their new team. They didn't win as many games as we thought they did, uh, and that pretty much cost LeBron any chance of being MVP. A similar thing is going to kind of happen here in L.A. We've already seen, we're already seeing people saying Luke Walton's going to be fired. Who knows what's going to happen with that? Um, so to, but the good thing for LeBron this time is it's happening early enough in the season that if they can kind of weather this and then play really well for the last you know, three quarters of the season, I, I think the narrative could become, oh, LeBron turned around this wreck and, and now look what the Lakers are entering the playoffs. I I mean, I like that idea.
0: I think the numbers don't quite bear it out for him just because he's not doing... It's funny, like, I think with LeBron, LeBron needs to do more than he has, which is crazy to me, right, because he's put up uh, disgustingly good numbers in the last few years, and he, like you said, he's the MVP uh, all the time, but, but he's not doing more than he was doing with the Cavs. He's he's about level numbers wise. And I like to look at the numbers. Obviously you're right, it, it is narrative driven. So yeah, if the Lakers reel off, I don't know, fifteen straight in by, you know, in March or something like that. And and we're talking about this team suddenly contending and something, yeah, of course like LeBron will do that. I just I would this team, I don't know. And and do you think that they make trades? Because I think they stand patent wait because there's free agency happening this summer. I want to see LeBron go after Klay Thompson. I want to just see, like, who they could get. I doubt they get Klay Thompson. But, you know, there are other big names out there. So I just feel like the Lakers aren't going to do much to change their situation. They're just kind of going to say, this is year one of LeBron with these young players, and we're working on it. Um, uh, But, you know, we know how competitive LeBron is. Maybe he goes in the front front office and says, make the deals. Like, let's do it, Magic.
1: Yeah, I want to say that the Lakers will be patient enough to not uh, give away too many assets in, in, in order to try and compete this season. I mean, they obviously they bought into this philosophy of let's get a bunch of guys on one-year deals, uh, uh, kind of revamp next offseason, and then really go for it. But is the pressure, if they continue to struggle, is the pressure going to get so, you know, become so intense that if they don't make a move, people are just slaughtering them in the press and on social media and stuff like that?
0: yeah no it's 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 going to be really interesting <laughs> year for LeBron and the Lakers uh Nick what's your what's your handle again on Twitter you're are you uh, N Schwartz help
1: me out here uh no you you can find me at uh Nick underscore Schwartz on Twitter oh you got it you got a good one there that's a really really good one uh
0: Nick thank you so much for joining us and, and we'll have you back on to talk
1: more NBA later in the season sounds good